Living on the road is like living in a bubble, where all you're surrounded by are like-minded people who live a little outside of the lines themselves. No matter how much that may be your world, that's not the real world. Once I come down off the hypercloud that is the rock and roll rocket and settle back into the real world, I am quickly reminded that there's more of them than us. Almost immediately, that black flag song, My War, starts playing in my head. You're one of them. I can't believe you. You're one of them, etc., etc. Until the pull of the next tour takes me. Full disclosure, there have been times on our travels where I've been in a room full of people under the rock and roll umbrella and realized that I have nothing in common with anyone present. It's a lonely feeling since the lure of community was what brought me here in the first place. Often, even within rock and roll, it's hard to find people with whom you jive. So, when I do meet like-minded people, where we register with each other on the same wavelength, I recognize it, I preserve it, and hold it in high esteem. That is how I feel like when it comes to David Vincent. I met David via the phone, if you can believe it, back in 2007. We were playing a show at the Ink and Iron Festival in Long Beach, California, and Jen Vincent, his wife at the time from the Jenna Torturers, happened to come out to see us. She immediately put me on the phone with David, and from there, our friendship was struck. Soon after that first conversation on the phone, we were lucky enough to play Tampa Bay, and Jen and David would come out to see us. And afterwards, we'd hang out, and as someone who usually doesn't hang out with people, I found it really comfortable and easy to hang out with David, and for hours. We had shared interests, and I remember talking about Alice Cooper, Anton LaVey, and Ric Flair with David. So yes, we had shared interests. And who is David Vincent? Well, Evil D, as he is also known, was the lead singer and bassist for the legendary Tampa Bay death metal band, Morbid Angel. The first four albums he played on, Altars of Madness, Blessed Are the Sick, Covenant, and even Domination, are considered death metal masterpieces. A, B, C, and D. When David left Morbid to devote more time to the Jenna Torturers, Morbid Angel carried on, but no one could deny they lost the charisma that David naturally carried with him as frontmen. When he rejoined Morbid Angel years later and released the very controversial Illid Divinum Insanus, that pretty much marked the end of his stay with Morbid Angel and officially left in 2015. The one thing that strikes me when I think of David Vincent today is his adherence to the left-hand path. He's not a man to follow convention, do what's expected, or buckle under pressure. He goes where his passion takes him. These days, he's entered the world of country music, or more specifically, outlaw country music. With his magnificent signature death metal growl, something that is not easy to pull off, one may immediately raise an eyebrow at this new endeavor. But David managed to cross that bridge with relative ease. If you haven't heard him singing country, just listen to the timbre of his speaking voice. Deep, calm, almost soothing. And that's how it comes out of his mouth when he starts to sing. 
I must be perfectly honest here and admit that I was quite surprised when I first heard him sing country, surprised at how natural his voice blended in with the music after hearing him growl for all these years in Morbid Angel, one of the most brutal bands that ever existed. I've been trying to get David on the podcast for quite some time, but it makes sense that it took a while. He's more than super busy with his outlaw country music, his I Am Morbid metal band touring around, and just a week before this podcast episode happened, it was announced that he had become the newest member of the Headcat with Slim Jim Phantom and Danny B. Harvey, replacing the one and only Lemmy Kilmeister on vocals and bass. Big boots to fill, but if there was anyone who could do Lemmy proud, David Vincent would be the only name in the hat for me. So on the 28th anniversary of the release of Altars of Madness, I talked to David Vincent. It was fun to ask him questions about him. He's such a great conversationalist. I don't think I've ever had the chance to turn the tables around and ask him about himself. I had a lot of fun doing this. I admire David Vincent so much that there are only maybe five people in the world who can make me drink break edge to be as cool as they are and david vincent is one of those people he is the man so i would like to say thanks to blue mic microphones and skull candy headphones for their support of the podcast with the mics and the headphones they've supplied thank you for listening to this episode and thanks to all who have left a rating or a review on itunes we're at 100 percent positive feedback on there so Thank you, thank you. Here's my talk with the one and only Evil D, David Vincent, on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Danko's go out to love for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes give me in from fucked up. Stop playing hangs out. I began to notice that Danko was completely nuts. He'd suddenly start making weird sounds and scary faces for no reason at all. And it, it wasn't just embarrassing, it, it was alarming. And now, since I'm a devout Catholic, I asked my local parish priest about Danko's condition, and he was sure Danko was possessed by Satan. So I helped my priest perform an exorcism on Danko that very day, but it didn't work. The dude is seriously screwed, and according to my parish priest, will burn in hell for all of eternity if he doesn't get himself checked out. There's only one podcast to listen to in this world, and that's the Danko Jones Podcast. Don't be a dick. Don't be an ass. Just listen to Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones Podcast starts. Howdy, howdy. Hey, David, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm good, brother. How are you? Good. Um, so you're out in Los Angeles right now? Yep. And I'm going to assume that it's for Headcat. No. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, for I Am Morbid. 
Oh, man. You know, that's the thing is leading up to me talking to you today, um, I just didn't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to start either. I'm reeling, man. I'm uh, definitely got a whole bunch of irons in the fire right now. Yeah, you, you, it seems to me just from watching from from the sidelines, um, you're peaking right now. I mean, this is it's just overload with so many projects. It's it's a very enviable position to be in. Well, unless uh, you're as ADD as I am, and uh, and you have you know trouble sort of differentiating at times between one another. Um, but no, I'm, listen, I, I'm not complaining at all. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying every one of them. Uh, yeah. Cause I mean, it, it took a while to get this, uh, talk going with you. And I, now I, it's very clear why I, there's just so many things that you have to do. Uh, and it's actually getting announced monthly. There's a new thing that's huge every month, practically, um, like last week, the headcat thing it just kind of, I think, really blew everyone away in a good way, I think. Well, I mean, listen, we, uh, we got together. Um, I don't know if everybody knows uh, this. I have a, a little, uh, little outlaw country thing that I do as well. And the guitar player is Danny. So Danny and I worked together. And uh, uh, he had mentioned to me, he said, hey, man, like, what would you think about you know, trying something with, uh, with Headcat, you know, get slim down here and, uh, go in the studio and, and cut a few tracks. And I said, yeah, it actually sounds like it could be a whole lot of fun. I'd never met. Well, I think I'd met Jim before, not, not in any official capacity, probably just a, you know, a, a drive by backstage somewhere over the years. And, uh, we got in and gosh, we rehearsed, we rehearsed for a day and, and cut a few tracks the next day. And it, it came out really neat um so we're uh we're, we're garnering some uh some attention and some anticipation on that i got um, i gotta tell you i'm a big stray cats fan as am i yeah uh, as am i well you joining Headcat, i mean it, it makes perfect sense to me i mean in terms of the lineage that precedes you and just from the genre that Lemmy was from and how you, uh, you know, you're both bass players, you both front very powerful, heavy, loud um, outfits. It's a position almost carved out for you as well. Like uh, to, to, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, also a hard um, person to replace, but I mean, it makes sense. If there's anyone, it, it would have to be you. Well, listen, I mean, I'll go on record right now. I mean, there's no way to replace Lemmy. That's not possible. Right. You know, he's a one-of-a-kind guy. Um, and I sound nothing like him. But uh, I'm a hard guy to replace, too, and I'm a one-of-a-kind guy. So it's going to be – it's definitely interesting. It's definitely going it's, it, to – it's different than it was. I mean, the, the intent is still loud rock and roll. Um, I probably bring – a few different types of things to the table and um you know the guys uh the guys seem really jazzed about it um like i said the the initial uh, recordings that we did came out really neat in my opinion I, i've never done anything like that before uh, so this, this is kind of walking in it's like okay well you know here we go guys let's just let's let's see how it sounds again watching you from the sidelines from what 
you know, the rumblings of what you've been doing from like a year, a year and a half back, it's very inspiring because you seem like to the outside world, you know, there's, there's uh, the David Vincent that everybody knows, but, you know, having met you and having hung out with you and, you know, us having our talks and stuff, I know you uh, from a very different angle. So when I heard that you had um, started this outlaw country project, now joining Headcat, um, moving to Austin and doing what you're doing, it made perfect sense to me. But it's also inspiring that you do this despite what, you know, whatever anybody says in the kind of rigid world of heavy metal. Um, and that's very admirable. admirable. I, really, I really dig it. I, I really love how you're just, it's a, a very quiet, very um, uh, quiet middle finger to everybody. Oh, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's all that quiet, but listen, I mean, this is no different than, I, you know, I do what I want to. I, I figure it at my age, I've spent enough time on this planet to, to earn the right to do whatever the heck I want to do. And, uh, you know, I've got people that love it and people that hate it. There's not many in between. There's not many people. Well, I don't know. I mean, people, and this is, this has been, uh, kind of the whole, my story for, you know, since way back when, um, and some people get it, some people don't, and that's all, that's all good and well, you know, there's things that I don't like either. So, um, you know, everybody can either get on board or, or, or not. It, it, it doesn't matter because if I enjoy it, it starts there and I don't do things that I don't like. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I think everybody knows that. Um, just hearing you speak, if nobody is familiar with, you know, Morbid Angel or, or you know, the the Outlaw Country project that you have going, they can hear it in your voice and the timbre of your voice, the tone of your voice, the level of your voice. And when you say that you're doing country, I think people can actually bridge that voice to the genre and go, you know what, I think that voice sounds like it can really do well in country. And, and this whole Outlaw perspective, like Outlaw Country... That's a perfect voice for that. A great tradition of Johnny Cash. Um, and when I heard some of the songs that have been uploaded on, on YouTube, because you've only released a 7-inch so far? Correct. Yeah, when I heard those songs like in, in, that, in that bar, it made perfect sense. Like it, it does sound very natural for you to start singing in this way. But as a singer myself, the first question that came to my mind was, uh, what are you doing differently uh, pre-show? And I don't know if you've toured any extensively with this with these projects, but what what has changed with your voice singing this way? Well, I mean, it, obviously, I'm not screaming. Um, you know, Headcat is probably a, a, a in between the two. Um, but you know, with the country thing, I'm just you know what it is, man. So I moved to Texas. I mean, I had a, a number of life changes that happened to me in a very short period of time. And when I got to Texas, I, uh, I just kind of gave into it. I said, you know what? I, I really like this. You know, I like, I like the culture. I like the, the, just the entirety of it, the good and the bad, because that's what makes it just, you know, a, a great place to live for me. And uh, in doing so, um, I mean, there's certainly in, in the Austin area, it arguably is probably, you know, some of the best musicians in the world and lots of them. And, uh, I just, 
uh, started, you know, creating new circles. I mean, I didn't know people, but a whole lot of people that lived there. And I met a few people um, and started running, you know, introducing myself to different people and finding myself up on stage, getting called up on stage. Very, hey, you want to go sing a song? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? And it just kind of one thing led to the next. So it's just a continuation of, of anything that I've ever done. I mean, it's a, you know, I'm still telling stories. I'm just telling them a little bit differently. But it's still my story. How, and, did, uh, how did you end up hooking up with Danny B. Harvey? Is that how, just, just networking in the scene? No, you know what? So <clears throat> um, we, we have done some stuff during South by Southwest for many years. Um, this little side thing that I do. Um, you know, putting some stuff together for some, uh, usually with some uh, charitable component to it. And uh, Danny uh, played at uh, this kind of uh, private party that we had one year. And that's where I met him. And uh, we started talking and he's like, oh, yeah. And we, I had never met him before, but we knew a lot of, uh, a lot of the same people. And you know, he's like, yeah, this guy. And I was like, wow, man, surprised it. I don't know. We just started talking, and one day, I said, "You know, we had a we had a jam one day." Danny said, "Yeah, I'd like that," and we did. And and we just, you know, he came over to my house for a couple of days, and after uh, several bottles of tequila and uh, a couple of acoustic guitars sitting around a campfire, we came up with a whole a whole slew of stuff. So um, it just it was very very natural, very organic, and uh, yeah. It seems to me that Austin is a city that draws musicians with uh, with many interests to it. Um, the people that I know in Austin have uh, different uh, projects. Like there's, I don't know if you've met him in your in, being in the city there, but Jason McMaster. Yeah, um, I, I don't know him, but I I know of him. I think I've met him before, but I don't know him. He's got, you know, he's got his metal projects and he's got his rock and roll projects. Then there's Gordy mm -hmm. Johnson, who's from Canada in, in a band, Big Sugar. And he's like, mm -hmm. he does his rock stuff and he does his reggae stuff. So, mm -hmm. it, and they're all drawn to Austin because it's such an open city for that. But aside from South by Southwest, uh, it just seems to draw a lot of musicians to it. Um, and I'm just yeah, wondering. Yeah, sorry. No, well, there is. It, it, in my in my view, there is a magic to the area, to the culture, to the just all. It, it's a, I mean, Central Texas in general has a, a very interesting history, and you know, in the middle of uh, you know, I mean, it's the it's the state capital, and but it's also a, a very, it, it's almost, dare I say, the San Francisco of Texas with the Texas flair. Right. Okay. It had, you know, like if, if you if you think back in the '60s, and you know, like sort of what was going on, mm -hmm. and you know, the, sort of like the Hate Asbury district uh, in San Francisco, there's a parallel, albeit a Texas style parallel. I mean, there's there's kind of I don't know. I mean, it's a great place. I don't want to make it sound too good because you know so many people are moving there now. There's a lot of folks moving in because you know they. They come in and there's some article that said, hey, you know, this is one of the best place, best places to live in the world. And I agree. 
Yeah. But I don't want to encourage more people to come. You know, the traffic <laughs> is just going to look like LA after a while. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've been down there for South by, uh, ah, three times, I think. And I do wish that I would go there when there's no South by happening. It seems to me that the, the natives scatter when South by Southwest just takes over. I, I well, this is, yeah, because of the traffic and because everybody, all the, uh, all the hotels get very proud of their prices, and it it's it's not the, the the easiest place to function unless you kind of really have a good plan. And people come down, and gosh, they spend thousands and thousands of dollars just on a, on a hotel or an Airbnb or whatever just to stay there. And and you know, I, I mean, I know people that own houses, and they literally move out of their houses for that basically two week period. Yeah. And the revenue that they generate pays their mortgage for the entire year. <laughs> I mean, that it, it's it's insane. <laughs> but it's a cool thing. It's a really cool conference. Um, there's a lot of innovation, a lot of tech innovation, uh, a lot of film innovation, lots and lots of music. But the music never stops. I mean, there on any given night, and this is a challenge that I find myself in quite a bit, if I were to go to every show that I either – have friends who are playing or that I should go from a, a, a you know genuflection industry standpoint or something that I'd like to see that I haven't seen before I'd be out every night of the week and sometimes flipping a coin between checking out a, a few songs at one venue and then going to another one because there's there, there's literally hundreds of venues with live music happening 24 7 365 yeah yeah and um and that's a that's a cool thing. In some ways, I mean, it keeps uh, it keeps salaries probably lower than they would be elsewhere because there's so many people. Well, you know, if you don't if you don't play for a couple hundred bucks, we can get this other guy, and there's always somebody standing in line to, you know, because it's uh, you know people would probably rather play than not play. But uh, the, the the quality and the talent and the diversity of talent from any different kind of music, be it metal, rock, country blues lots of really good blues um e even some of the urban stuff i mean which is not my forte but i mean there, there are a lot of notable artists of of any and every genre uh that are that they, they call the austin area home so yeah it's uh it's it's kind of like a new york city uh, like new york city's kind of like that when whenever I go to New York City, I, I look in the Village Voice, and it's like, well, there's five shows going on tonight that we could easily go, so we have to pick one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite interesting. But that's but it's better to have too many choices than not enough, right, Nico? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So is, that, so is that what originally made you choose Austin when you moved out of Tampa, or was, was that a, a choice to go to Austin, or was it like... It, it was it was definitely a choice to go there. Um, like I said, after being there for for several years for South by, uh, just looking around, I said, right. you know, okay. like I'd really like to, like I, I really like it here. I like the topography, I like the cuisine, I like the attitude. Um, you know, it, it's almost like what what's not to like, right? Um, so I've made some some very very dear friends in the in the three short years that I've been there and uh I don't I don't I don't foresee ever wanting to leave 
Um, now you, we're talking. You're in LA. I'm in Toronto, and you're in LA. You just flew in to do this. I thought it was Headcap, but it's I Am Morbid. Now that's right. that's another project that's just been started. That's uh, that's you know gaining ground, and people are talking about. And and the one thing I love about what you're doing, you know, at the same time, simultaneously, parallel of each other is is you're doing metal, but you're also because the, one of the criticisms I have about heavy metal fans uh, is the rigidness and just how close-minded sometimes they can be. And it's more with the younger people. But I love when metal guys, like really known metal guys, branch out into other genres. Like, um, you know, Bill Steer does, you know, Firebird and, and mm. Gentleman's Pistols. And there's Michael Amott. They do Carcass and they do all their rock stuff. And, mm. uh, you know, Bjorn Street from soil work does night flight orchestra and you're mm-hmm. doing this outlaw country project and you're so known for morbid angel. And now you're doing, I am morbid. So you're continuing in the metal world. Like I think a lot of people thought you had left, but you're, you're still doing, uh, uh, metal. And that's very encouraging, I think. And, 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 uh, comforting to know that you're still playing all the morbid angel stuff. Well, you know what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I used to be, you know, one of those people that was very rigid about what I listened to. And if it wasn't a certain thing, I didn't want to know about it. And, uh, probably the, the, the more time I spent on the planet, I just started saying, well, you know, it, it made me feel small to only have, you know, one option. And, uh, you know, I'd sit in, you know, you, 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 you rub shoulders with all kinds of folks as you go around and tour and stuff and be like, Hey, you want to jam on this and jam? I'm like, I, I would, but gosh, I don't know any of those songs. And I started, well, why the hell don't I know any of those songs? I should. And, uh, I just made it a point one day to be like, all right, I just, I don't want to be that way anymore. Um, and so I, I opened myself up to, to, you know, to some things that probably I, you know, listened to when I was a little kid and, uh, I've rediscovered, you know, some of the old, you know, seventies rock and, and stuff that, that inspired me when I was, you know, six and seven years old. So at least that's my story. Does that mean that maybe there's a rock project in, in the, in the future? There's, there's now the rockabilly well, project. And No, well, I, I would say Headcat is that. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. um at least go, cause it, it, it's, it's close enough to, you know, where I'm already feeling, um, that, you know, that, I think that's what makes it a good fit. And with Headcat, you guys are doing new Headcat songs that you are writing in on, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. because it's with it's still with Danny B. Harvey, um, and you guys have collaborated on your own uh, solo stuff, is there yep. going to be some, like, is there some crossover there? Like, how do you differentiate between the two projects okay. with the two of you? So, all right, so... Number one in, uh, in in the in my country project, um, I I play guitar. Okay. So this you know headcat I'm back to back to bass and vocals, which is you know something that's very comfortable. Yeah, I mean that's comfortable. I'm I'm comfortable with any of it. Yeah. Um, but no, we we and we talked about that, and Danny said, hey, you know, we maybe we could do, you know, some of these songs because you know just make them a little bit louder. Um, I like the fact that there's a differentiation between all these different things. Hmm. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, you, you know, you're not going to hear a, a rock and roll or a country version of 
Maze of Torment, for example. It's just not, it's not appropriate. Right. Because <laughs> I, I, I enjoy keeping the, 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 the purity and the integrity of the different things. I like mashing stuff up. I mean, some of the stuff we do is, is definitely, um, with Headcat is, you know, it's, it's much louder and it's much more aggressive than, you know, than probably it would be under, you know, other circumstances. But, you know, that's what makes it fun. Hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't ask, I wouldn't ask Slim Jim to play a blast beat. Right. He'd probably look at me like, you know, what's it, what, what's, what's this guy's problem, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> It'd right. probably be difficult to do standing up too. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Oh well, that that is exciting. You guys have yet to play a, a gig yet, or is this? Are we still just? Are you guys still practicing? Or we are. Our first gigs are um, about five days after I get back from Europe with I Am Morbid. Holy cow! So it's just one new project after the other. Like you are at the you really gestation period of like three projects at the same time well when we first started uh discussing doing this podcast i and that's yeah you know, i wasn't blowing you off i mean I, I i wouldn't do that to you but i'm just like man look give me give me a give me a minute and let me just get you know get a few more things you know under control so that i have some some additional things to talk about oh yeah absolutely um so that you know you by by you being patient gave us a little bit more subject matter to discuss which i couldn't discuss previously yeah i mean when the head cat thing came out i was like oh wow okay okay yeah. i get it i get it but we were all we had all decided you know we had like a little pack between us that we were we just weren't going to talk about it so nobody knew yeah, I mean, when it came out, there's already a promo shot with the band, so you guys had this in the works and everything. I mean, it, yeah, we took that actually at the studio the day that we were recording. Wow. So. Wow, there's just so much on the go. It's 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 amazing. I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I can feel that off you too. Like I, I can really feel that off you. Um, you know, watching you uh, do the outlaw country stuff, um, I, I could I can really feel it that this is something that, you know, you're sinking your teeth into and enjoying it. Um, it's, that's why I say it's an enviable position because I think there's a lot of people who are, you know, you know, sometimes doing music, but it's like, ah, I wish I could be doing this thing too, but you're doing it all. Um, so it's, it's, really, it's really exciting to watch somebody, like, just get off on every, everything that they want to do. Um, and it's, it's fun because, you know, Having known you now for all these years, I I, I really uh, I'm really uh, I don't know I'm excited for you. That's that's kind of what I want to say. Um, well, I appreciate that, Danko. I mean, yeah. I, and you you know I mean you know that I'm a fan of yours as well. So I mean it, it you know it, it, it's nice when things come together for everybody, right? Yeah, I'm I'm a big booster. I'm a, you know I'm waiting in the wings to to hear all the projects, and I genuinely really do. Uh, like the outlaw country stuff you're doing, I will be the first to say I'm not a country music fan. But the second thing I say is, but I like Johnny Cash and I like well, Willie now, Nelson. Now listen, okay. So here's the thing: some a, a, a fellow like Johnny Cash, arguably, just went beyond his genre. I mean, I don't know, I don't know anybody that doesn't like him. I mean, my my folks like him, my grandparents liked him. Um, Metal, metal people like them, country people like them, rock people like them. 
you know, there's just a certain attitude. You get at a point where it's not really necessarily a definable genre. It's just, you know, here's this amazing artist that has an amazing life story and that did a lot of things. And, you know, I mean, truthfully, a lot of these, a lot of these more, uh, you know, old school country guys, I mean, they, they've lived lives that are, you know, that, that could compete with, you know, some of the stories that I have to tell, um, in their own way. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and it's, you know, it, there, there's a lot of parallels that just, you know, they just weren't necessarily metal people. So. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's things about, you know, Johnny Cash, whether it's his image or the story behind him, uh, that lends itself to to a fan base of people who like the dark side of things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I see it, I see when you call what you're doing outlaw country, it's a very important word to put before the word country because I get it when I when I hear you say outlaw country or when it's billed as that, I understand where you're coming from and knowing your past and where you're coming from personally. Like, yeah, that's the bridge that someone who's a Morbid Angel fan who knows you from Morbid Angel can make to go. Okay, I get it. You know, he's not making a complete break. This isn't like. You know, you, you, uh, no, not at all. Yeah, not there, at all. There is something that you can associate with what you did with Morbid Angel and what you're doing with the Country Project. So it makes well, total sense. I believe sense. that too. Now, musically, it's it, it's entirely different, but it you know it's 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 way more roots oriented. Um, but you know, the stories are, you know, I mean, that really is a story of my life. You mm-hmm. know, I've always been, you know, amongst the ostracized. I've always been the one who traveled the road less less traveled and um that's made all the difference and that's another that's the bigger story is that's what a lot of heavy metal fans are that's the reason why they're we're all drawn to heavy metal is because we're all outsiders and then watching you do it that's why i have this innate you know kind of sense to 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 cheer you on because you are walking this 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 uh, road that i don't i haven't seen a lot of people walk I mean, I will say Lemmy is probably the only guy I've seen do this, uh, you know, forcefully and proudly the way you're doing it now with all these different projects. Yeah, well, I you mean, know? he's he, he definitely did a lot of different things. I mean, obviously, you know, Motorhead is, you know, Motorhead is Motorhead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he he did a lot of interesting collaborations, you know, over the years. And... Um, you know, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, he, you know, again, it, it he he was a trailblazer, and um, you know, there's probably a lot of a lot of similarities, you know, from an attitude standpoint, that came out of him, and that, you know, that that come out of me and come out of many people. Get away from the music uh, for a second. Now you've got all these things going on, but there's there's even more uh, in terms of the animated film that you voiced, uh, the cameos you've made right. in, in movies and stuff like that. The the yeah. zombie movie. Um, Have you seen that, by the way? No, no, I haven't. I've just seen the trailer. Um, yeah, is that it, out? It's it, it it's it's been uh, he's he's doing like film festivals and stuff like that and working on 
probably some you know direct um, distribution thing or make you know like an Amazon type thing or, or, or one of these deals. Um, but uh, no, it, 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 so he's actually become a good friend of mine too. We he asked uh, myself and uh, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God to to just do like a quick cameo for him in this movie. I'm, I met him and he said, "Hey man, could, would you guys you know I'm making this." this strange film. And, uh, I actually went to, he had an, a, a showing, um, last Halloween that I went to. And that was the first time that I actually saw the movie in its, in its complete form. And, uh, it, it's, I mean, you know, I'm a horror fan. I'm a fan of a lot of the trauma stuff. Um, a lot of the B sort of quote unquote B movie exploitation type stuff. That's, you know, H.G. Lewis and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and this, there's, there's just enough humor in it. And it, and the story is, it, it's like, I, I was very entertained. I watched it and I'm like, man, at the end of the, the end of the night, I just walked over to him. I was like, yeah, good job, man. It, it really, you know, it was fun. I mean, we had, it was just such a quick cameo. Right. But, uh, in exchange for that, he said, Hey, um, I'd really, I'd like to make some music videos for you. And I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do it at more reasonable than anyone else would did. I, I just want to, I want to work with you and you know tell you thanks for, for uh, for doing these cameos. So I've actually shot two music videos um, for the country thing, which will be out as as soon as I can get a couple of things sort of clamped down. Um, the they'll be out soon and. You know, one's a little more sort of basic. One's actually really, I mean, it's really fun. Exactly what I wanted to do. Drinking with the Devil? Am Drinking with the Devil. Yeah. And how about Buyer Beware? That's the other song. Yep. And yeah. So we have videos. So my my goal is is to do, really do videos for every song. Mm, okay. It's going to get expensive. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's just, you know, that's what I want to do from an artistic standpoint. There's lyric videos now that are pretty popular. People are doing. We did one. Yeah. Um, that's if you want to just get every single song, you know, with well, a video. So, kind of what it is, you know, folks can come see you play live, and that's that's one rendition. Another rendition is actually listening to a, a, a studio cut. The third rendition is being able to perform in a way that you know that that film can bring different sort of like a, a a different perspective to to a song so you say hey you know this is the kind of vibe that i want to have here um something that you wouldn't be able to create recreate that vibe necessarily on stage without you know ridiculous amounts of sets and and what have you Right. So I've always looked at videos as just being one additional way to uh, of a conveyance of of emotion or or vibe that you could put to a song that that that, that is another dimension from someone coming to see you live or someone listening to a recording. And that's how it's been with you since the early morbid days too. I mean, oh yeah, that's how you yeah. I mean, whether people ended up seeing it because it it got censored or whatever is another thing but that's where you guys were were at i'm assuming 
Well, that's what that's what I've always thought was important. I mean, you know, having a video that's nothing more than just sort of the band in a room playing playing a song, you know, maybe with some flashing lights or whatever. I mean, listen, it takes all types. I've always liked stuff that had a little bit more concept to it, to where you could add again some some elements and some vibe um, and some intent to something that you know it it allows you to do these things. We had some, uh, had some really good, uh, morbid angel videos back in the day when mm. there were major labels, just throwing money at everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we were, we were fortunate to be, uh, included in some of that. We did, um, we did a video for a new, uh, single, uh, and it's got a vampire vibe to it and it was done. We, we just let our, our, our buddy do it and he animated it and everything. It's all animated shot from, hmm first person point of view i could send you a kind of a link to it a youtube link but you should check it oh, out if you're gonna do a video for every one i would i don't know that i would go animated with the uh with the country stuff but that could be yeah i mean i'd like i'd like to see what you what you've done i mean that sounds interesting to me yeah i mean if the the goal is to get all these songs videos with it might be a cool all inexpensive as well you know way to do it and uh, I think well, nothing's inexpensive. I mean, we we spend lots of money, and we don't make so much. So yeah. it's it's a a lot of this. I mean, honestly, is is really a labor of love. I mean, you hope it'd be nice if you can recoup at least your expenses, but it, it's one more thing that you've done that you're proud of that you you put out there and and uh, you can share it with folks. You know? mm, yeah. And then you did the uh, Realm of the Damned with Danny Filth. Uh, yeah. How how did you get involved with that thing? Like, there's so many projects, David. I, it's just a, a lot. Yeah, I know. Well, um, so I it, I was uh, introduced to the producers of this by a, a, a good friend and business associate, and um, they had someone else in mind, um, and we we had a little Skype meeting, uh, video Skype, and after about a half an hour of discussing, gosh, you know, everything under the sun. Um, they had a meeting that said, we really want you to do this. We, you're, you know, we, we think that you're the right person to do this. So I said, Oh, great. Um, and we got together and I, uh, I flew over to London and we recorded it there with the, with the director. You know, it's, it's, it's a little strange because, you know, they have a vision of how they're putting stuff together. And since you're not actually acting, you're trying to give life to an, an animated character. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it was someone who it was a, it was a character that would be very inter- I mean, a very troubled character. Um, a, a Christian warrior who is a murderer and also a junkie, because in order for him to live, he had to, you know, feed on a serum that was made from the blood of the very people that he was trying to eradicate. Right. Okay. So, and all the time questioning his faith. Right. Right. Okay. So it's like, a, you know, giving that character emotion, um, it was interesting. Did several takes on some parts and I'm, you know, really trying to, in my mind thinking, okay, I'm this person and what would I do if I were this person? So, they uh, they all seemed very pleased with the result, and uh, everyone who's seen has been like, yeah, you know, we, this really this really came off um, the way that 
you know, better better than we we had uh, anticipated. So that's always a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it's a, a another door that's opened. Um, and then I saw the trailer for it, and it's got you know a lot of blood, a lot of monsters, and then I remember your voice, even though it's not in the trailer. And I go, yeah, that, I I could see your voice in there in the mix somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 not too far. Dark dark stories are uh, are seem to be my forte. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, David, man, this has been great. Uh, a long time coming. I've been anticipating this, and I'm so glad we made this happen. Um, I'm glad you're able to accommodate me with all the practicing and all the stuff that's going around. Um, As am I. And, and again, apologies for the fact that it it took a little longer to get here, but you know now you know why. Oh so. yeah, well worth the wait. And there was no pressure. Uh, I it was like when it's going to happen, it, it'll happen. This podcast that I'm doing just. It's just going to keep going on. Please come back. Um, I'd love to. Yeah, this is great. And maybe we could do it face-to-face in Europe next time I see you, because that's the only time I get to see you now. It is, and it apparently, according to your bandmates, is the only time that uh, that you choose to drink. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it is. Should uh, I have said that? <laughs> no, no, no. I've said, this to, I've said this to a few friends of mine. The only guy who can get me to do all that stuff is David Vincent. Because I've done it. <laughs> I've done I'm it. such a bad influence. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been great. Every time I we hang out, I, I love it. Last time we saw each other was in Paris. Very it was, yep. Yeah. We were playing the same night, and I think I've, I made it over for your sound check. Yeah, and I think yep. we, we played a song, which was our new song at the time. I think you were the very first audience person ever to view that. I think we played it the first time that night. And I remember liking it. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for that. That boosted our confidence. I I didn't write the damn song you did, so thanks to you. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for this. I swear. Awesome. Well, we'll never be strangers, Danko. It's, It's always good to talk to you, brother. 